It's Pi Augustine, your Division One candidate for Ipswich. My plan is for a community that is vibrant and attracts world investment, a community that is connected with the state-of-the-art transport system, a community that cares for our people and environment at a time of need. Division One needs a councillor that has the energy and motivation to get things done. A community champion. Find out more about me on my Facebook page, Pi Augustine for Division One. This ad was approved by Pi Augustine candidate. Ipswich deserves strong and stable leadership you know you can trust. I'm Mayor Teresa Harding, and as your Mayor, Ipswich is once again a city that businesses are proud to invest in and families love to call home. To keep our city moving forward, I'm committed to reducing cost of living pressures, expanding our road and transport networks, delivering more for our suburbs, and boosting investment in grassroots sports in our community. So vote one Teresa Harding for Mayor for sustainable growth for Ipswich. Authorised by T Harding, 264 South Station Road, Raceview. Coming up, low-income families under extreme pressure to find a place to live, a fresh look at what to do with the old transit centre, is future development at Deebing Creek at an impasse, new schools open and no sign of an immediate solution to Ipswich Central's bridge traffic jam. Ipswich MP Jennifer Howard joins the show. It's Wednesday, February 1, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Queensland state elections are now held on a set date every four years, with the next being on October 26, 2024. There are plenty of statewide issues to talk about, but in this episode, it's all local. Thank you for speaking with Ipswich today, Jennifer Howard. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Just like that, January is at an end and eight years since you were elected. Where did that time go to? What are your priorities for Ipswich in 2023? It's it's unbelievable. Um, eight years has flown by. Um, it's sort of a time for reflection, really, too, on, you know, uh, my you know my wish list <laughs> over those years and and what we've been able to achieve and we've been able to do some pretty fabulous stuff here in the last eight years. You know, on a day like we're experiencing today, where the weather's um, incredibly warm, it's good to know that all of our school kids are sitting in air-conditioned classrooms. <laughs> that's something that's always been a priority for me here in, in Ipswich because, as you know, we had the Cooler Schools program mm. that covered the north um, of Queensland. Uh, but we know in Ipswich that it gets quite a lot hotter here than many of those um, places even on the coast. But in terms of the future... We've always had to fight for our fair share out here and I've got quite a few projects um, that I'm, you know, taking into this year and beyond. I'm guessing your list must include the future of the old transit centre. It's sitting yeah. there looking a, a bit yeah. forlorn, but yeah. you, you have been pushing a number of uh, reuses <laughs> for it. What, what do they include? Yes. Yeah, well, um, look, there's the council have been working with me as well on, on you know, what sort of ideas that the community might have for the site of the transit centre. Most people would know that it, it floods, you know, which is one of the major problems with the site. So, you know, there have been some sort of creative thinking going into it. Today, there's nothing that anyone's been able to sort of come up with um, that's concrete. So, you know, my my goal and my conversations with the minister have been around filling it in 
and creating some green space for the growing number of workers in the Ipswich CBD. That is a fresh idea because we all know that a bit of vegetation helps keep the air a little bit cooler and uh, it's a thing that's happening in cities all over the world. It will. And Alan, it's, you know, what I like about the idea is that it sort of, it creates a place for people to go and, and see the river. You know, we sort of keep turning our back on the river and it's, I think it's really nice to have a place where people can go and see our beautiful river. Let's move on to a couple of local issues, which are not just unique to Ipswich. One of those is the extremely low availability of rental properties. And this was Mm. highlighted in my chat last week with Citizen of the Year Donna Kavanagh, who does a lot of Mm. charity work in that area. Mm. The surge in weekly rents is meaning more people without a roof over their heads. Mm. And being homeless was once something we associated with big cities. And we're seeing evidence of this in Ipswich. What should be done that isn't happening now to create more housing, especially for low-income families? Yeah, well, um, it is a it's a really poignant issue locally, um, right across the sector, and um, you know we've created um, two hundred and forty one social housing you know residences since two thousand and fifteen. You know when we were elected, uh, which is significant. And that's that's just in the Ipswich region. Um, we've got another one hundred and sixty six homes coming on board um, by the thirtieth of June, twenty twenty five. And that's, that's through a planned investment of $43.7 million that, that we have sort of put forward. During COVID, um, you know, obviously we saw, uh, you know, added pressures on these sectors. And now we've seen, you know, house prices skyrocket, uh, a, a really um, low rental uh, availability locally. Uh, so we've been working with the, our uh, charities and our homelessness services locally, and we've um, just in this area alone, we've uh, committed five point one million dollars to help deliver specialist homelessness services. It, it's so nuanced the area. You know, one of the things that I'm, you know, really passionate about is I, I was actually able to go to the housing summit that the government held in October 2022. It was a fantastic event. You know, we released 55 actions as a result of that and backed it in by. $56 million in funding. You know, we've doubled our housing investment fund. Uh, so, you know, we will see a flow-on effect from this investment and from these sort of creative thinkers that we've gotten in the room uh, in, in moving forward. You know, I, I heard on the news this morning that a, a council uh, in central northern Queensland, you know, are sort of auctioning off bits of land and giving incentives to people to build on it. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of ideas that we can come up with when we all work together. Now you've mentioned that, that uh, brings to mind what happened in Corpy. They're doing a, a similar thing to get people mm. to uh, move mm. to town and, and build houses. Probably not all councils can do that, but uh, not all. No. Th- that's another angle. Yeah. But we just all need to think differently about it. And, and that, you know, that, that sort of means every single one of us. Uh, so, um, you know, I think that, you know, people have every reason to be optimistic about the future when, you know, when we're seeing really social and affordable homes, uh, the stock increase dramatically. Another sensitive issue carrying over from last year is the the ongoing controversy over the proposed development at Debing Heights, or around mm. Debing Creek to be more mm. precise. Mm. Several allegations from protesters led by some First Nations families. These mm. allegations include unmarked graves located outside the preserved cemetery. Are you directly mm. involved in these negotiations? 
No, I'm not, and neither should I be. <laughs> Obviously, as a local member, I stay in touch with um, all of the stakeholders and um, I take my direction from the lawful native title claimants uh, on that site. Those people, um, many of those people in that group are known to Ipswich leaders uh, for the good work they've been doing in the community for decades. And I work with those people uh, regularly, not just on this issue, but on other issues as well. And um, they've developed a cultural heritage management plan uh, that, you know, uh, has worked very well. It's been developed, um, it's been a lot of emotion for, for those people, you know, dealing in, in sort of settling on the cultural heritage management plan. Uh, I won't go into detail because it's sharing some of their stories, but I guess, you know, suffice to say uh, it, it's not been an easy process for them, but they're happy with the outcome. They're satisfied with the outcome and that's what I back in. You know, missions are a shameful part of, you know, white history. <laughs> I, I'm very aware of the sensitivities for, for the people and for all First Nations people who've got an historical connection to any mission, including Devon Creek. There have been claims of possible human remains being found on the old mission site with undocumented graves some distance from the protected cemetery. Have these uh, been ruled in or out, these claims of human remains found elsewhere? Well, to date they've been ruled out. Um, so, And the experts are involved in this. Um, I'm satisfied, as are those uh, lawful native title claimants that I work with, uh, that the investigations have determined that um, to date there have not been human remains found. So what happens next? Are we at an impasse? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think this group uh, that are formed are working with the with the developers on the land as we speak, and I believe that those conversations will continue. Uh, my door is open. I'm very committed to healing the sins of our past and I want to work with the YUP and with um, the state and federal government and as well as the Ipswich City Council going forward. Uh, as I have said, you know, on many occasions, uh, the YUP have got my full support. Population growth in Ipswich is putting pressure on all manner of services, including schools. And another two new primary schools opened this week, Ripley Central in uh, your electorate and uh, Woogaroo mm. Creek in Lance McCallum's electorate. Have you had a chance to visit Ripley Central yet? Yeah, well, I've been working with the principal um, who was appointed last year um, on the planning, on the rolling out, meeting with the new families. We've had a couple of meetings. Um, it's been terrific. I've left her alone in this first week, and I think she's quite grateful for that. Um, uh, but uh, we've been chatting on the phone this week uh, just to make sure everything's going smoothly. And she is just um, overwhelmed with how well everyone's working together as um as residents may know, the school's not quite finished construction yet. Uh, I'm actually just so relieved that they were able to open up their doors, you know, at the beginning of the school year because with the weather we had last year and the, you know, construction difficulties that everyone was experiencing, I, I was a little bit a little bit nervous uh, about, you know, how 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 we'd go. But um, yeah, there's seven classrooms, there's 157 kids at the school. Um, there's some, you know, some great staff working there. Uh, I, I think it's you know it's got a, an amazing feel about it, and a lot of that really does come down to the work that the principal has done in the lead up, forging relationships with the community. Staying in Ripley Valley, what is happening with the new satellite hospital? 
Yeah, so we committed $40 million, as people know, just before the last state election in 2020. It's one of seven satellite hospitals that we're delivering across southeast Queensland alone. And, uh, you know, $84.5 million for this satellite hospital. So we're going to see 90 new beds at that facility as well. It's due to open late this year. So construction's commenced out there and it's due to open late this year. And what level of service will it offer, Jennifer Howard? Yeah, so uh, the satellite hospital is tailored to the needs of each community. So they're all, you know, each each satellite hospital will have a different iteration. But out here, I believe um, the plans are to include uh, ambulatory and low acuity Acuity day therapy services. Sorry, it was hard to say acuity. Um, so we'll see things like renal dialysis and chemotherapy, complex wound management, um, urgent care for sort of minor injury and illness, if that makes sense. So emergency will only be at Ipswich General. Well, the lower, yeah, emergency, you know, high high acuity uh, emergencies will will occur at the Ipswich Hospital, but um, as I've said, you know, we will see some sort of urgent care for minor injury and illnesses take place at the satellite hospital. Another issue many of us experience uh, now that school's back uh, more so, traffic congestion in Ipswich Central and North Ipswich across David Trumpy Bridge. I was caught in it myself earlier this (laughs) week. Where do you stand on support for a second bridge and uh, particularly the proposed Norman Street Bridge and why haven't we seen any action yet Mm. in your opinion? Yeah, um, you're correct, Alan. There is a there's a massive population growth occurring, um, and we know that that's going to increase even further. Um, if such people know, I've been a strong advocate for a second river crossing uh, down the track. Uh, the the data doesn't represent um, as great a need as, as in other areas at the moment, um, but that won't stop me uh, from continuing to fight for this bridge. You know, this is a, a, a massive project uh, that's going to require federal government support as well as council and state government support so you know we need all the players to be at the table and i'll continue fighting for that so is there any uh, formula being set on on who should pay their share and how you know what percentage well you know we've seen uh you know the federal government step up to fund you know up to 80 percent of some roads that you know major roads and highways around the area. Um, uh, they put in 50% uh, in the last section of the Ipswich motorway uh, upgrade, 50-50. So, you know, uh, those conversations would occur at, you know, a high level, departmental level, but we do need all those players at the table. Jennifer Howard, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for speaking with Ipswich today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. Or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening.
from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.